Hi, you're listening to 30 Going On 40 podcast. We hope you enjoy. All right. Okay. Welcome to 30 Going On 40 podcast. And here today with Vincent, Kerry, and myself. And we'll continue on uh, on the first part of Think and Grow Rich Organized Planning. This is the number. Uh, hold on. It's a it's quite a thick chapter. This is the six steps towards riches. Uh, again, this is thirty going on forty. The podcast where you grow better and you get wise. Grow, grow better and get wise faster. Okay, got it right. All right. Yep. So today, let me read through. Uh, this is a lot of information. So we have decided to. Are divided to two parts. So you you're gonna hear uh, the second part on the next podcast for organized planning because there's just too much to to cover. Um, what's your thought on it so far? Uh, all of you. For me so yeah, far, any... I like this chapter a lot. Where it's organized planning, and the tagline under it, it mentions the crystallization mm. of desire into action. For me, I'm quite a practical person, mm. and sometimes when there are ideas or that desire, I love to, not to say that uh, I'm I'm also a very bad planner, uh, but I love when something, uh, mm. whereas we learned from the previous chapter, like imagination, where we can bring it to reality through something pragmatic or through proper action, that it comes to realization. Uh. So mm. looking forward to break this chapter down. Preparation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is the most comprehensive chapter of the book. Or I um, I'm going to just read some of the summaries that we can find online. In this early chapter, uh, Napoleon described the process to success as taking the following steps. Number one, make sure you fix it in your mind. Number two, you have to decide exactly what it is that you will give in return for the money you desire. You need to set the date. Number You need to create a definite plan for not, for how you will reach that goal of yours, and begin immediately. Uh, and then number five, write down the clear statements. And then this is what we learned earlier, lah. This was the the last steps. Um, but it also talks about leadership skills. I think leadership skills is something that he spends a lot of time. Ah, uh, he he mentioned the eleven eleven skills, which we're going to talk about it. And then he also talks about uh some of the failures, leadership failures, and uh we will also talk about the QQS. Is that why it's the QQS? Right, not too there yet. <laughs> I quality. Oh, uh. It's quality, quantity, and service. Spirit. 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 Yeah. Spirit. 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 <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk until that today because it's quite a handful. All right. Uh, so I'm going to skim through the first first part. Um, it says that to align yourself with a group as many as you can for the creation, and then number two is uh f- before you form the mastermind. Uh, this is what is what this is the chapter two right? It, it goes back to the chapter two, and then it. I think there's a lot of like a. Visiting back what they, what you learn, right? Uh, but one one of the things that stands out is to me, uh, that we can talk about it is temporary temporary defeat should only mean one thing: the certain knowledge there is something wrong with your plan. Millions of men go through life in misery and poverty because they lack a sound plan through which to accumulate a fortune. I think this is something that, uh, spoke to me a lot. Because I, a lot of times when plans didn't work, I thought it's not supposed to work, but I realized that it was uh, perhaps there's something wrong with the plan. It is not the idea that it's not working. Uh, when we try to sell lemonade, uh, no one decided to buy. It is not that there's no market for that, but rather there's something wrong with our plan. Uh, so here is reminding us that to to always check your plan. He says that Thomas Edison failed ten thousand times before he. Perfected the incandescent uh, electric light bulb, 
And then it also talks about Henry Ford. I think the Model T, right, is, I don't know how many models are there. Is it from low A all the way to T? The Model T is, a, is his big seller, but it was a lot of try and error. Uh, and Jason J. Hugh, uh, he also with, met with temporary defeat when he first endeavored to raise the necessary capital to build a railroad, railroad from the east to the west. But he too defeated, turned defeat into victory through new plans. Um, do you guys believe it? Do you guys agree? Uh, I wish that I knew this when I'm 21. Uh, I start again. Uh, 30 going on 40 is not too late. It's like a second coming. Uh, I think about this, I, I was thinking about a lot of the things, a lot of the, um, like for example, going to US to study, you know. Uh, I was met with a lot of uh, opposition or setbacks. So I decided, you know what, maybe US is not a good idea. So I pivoted to Penang. So I wonder like, had I, had, I, what, had I been more resilient and not give up, maybe I would have went to US to got my master's, you know. That's something that I think about. Uh, because we, me and Kerry, we used to have a colleague, right? She is so set, her eyes is all set on. I want to marry an Anglo-American. I want to date an Anglo-American. I want I want to go to USA. And she don't even speak good English, you know. <laughs> but, but back then, back then, but you have to have talk to her. I, I must hand it to her because of her strong determination. Now she's married. She's based in USA. And then she studies there, you know, that, that kind of determination. And you just keep on pivoting, pivoting, pivoting. So I, I respect that, you know. Uh, there's a lot of people that I may not generally like, but I would learn to. I, I, as time I go, I will respect them. You know, I really, really respect them. Like, uh, respect is not uh, just because some some somebody doesn't give you the same vibe as you want, but you must send it to them. And I do. I do really respect them when they go after what they want. So. Yeah, that's something I realized. So I was thinking about my own life when it comes to United States. Because I have a sister in United States. Like, why is it stopping me? Because of just a few setbacks, you know. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, I agree to that. Like for me also, I try to think about my own life. Like if if um if I give an example, coming up uh, like, I have a plan to to get my part three, but. Is the desire strong enough that I'll be resilient enough? Uh, that even if I fail mm. uh, over and over, uh, does it mean? I, I think I know and I'm aware that there are certain ways of how I live my life in preparation for this part three exam. That perhaps my plan is a bit flawed, and I agree, and it can be improved. But mm. uh, I think it still ties back to the previous chapters. Uh, so sometimes I question and ask myself: Is this something that? I really, really want now. Uh, is this my strongest desire in life? And if I'll be honest, it's not a hundred percent because I know it's something that I've already invested. This is my ninth year working already. I just realized that this morning oh I count the years <laughs> when I was 24 uh, when I started work and then I'm turning yep. 33 this year. So that's nine years of my life invested to this. Uh, <laughs> it feels that if I do something else, it's like I have nine years down the drain, might as well try and make use of this skill. Uh. But although it's not 100% of uh, what I, I I would truly love, but I think grown, grown in some ways, another to, to love it a bit. So tying it back to that desire, uh, whether it fuels, fuels me enough uh, to, to, to don't quit, uh, but to really, and I think along the way, like, uh, we talked in the previous chapter about imagination. Uh, some some things that somehow the seed has been planted and it has grown to a certain desire or dream that I have. And I think being shaped along the way, uh, uh, probably that desire can be shaped and the planning comes hand in hand. Uh, and I think uh, even if, you know, the plans that I have, even if they uh, don't work, I think, you know, if I pivot or if I were to look into other things. I think the accumulation of that experience somehow can be applied in whatever endeavor is taken now. I think like the author was uh, is trying to say that I, I, I get this assumption that a lot of people give up too early. 
uh, it's, it's not a bad idea. It's just that they see a setback, they give up and they, they see temporary defeat as it's fate, you know, uh, it, is, it is what it is. Uh, so that's something that I think about a lot. I I mean, like, Vincent, for your part three, you, you do have, we do have friends, we do have a friend, but it's architecture that he got his part three very quickly, right? Uh, so, like, of course, he was not, of course, there's a lot of reasons why it was easier for him, but then we also hand it to him because he really aims towards that and, and of course, it's thing that of course for Vincent, uh, you you chose to invest time in young people. I think that also took a big part of your life. He took six so months this, off his uh, work book. to just focus on studying, uh. <laughs> So that shows his dedication, uh, which I don't know if I can do, uh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I I set track a bit that uh, this this book unless yourself. Oh. Uh, Spencer recommended book to me uh, as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this book that is very, very, very thin and very, very easy to read. Uh, and there was this chapter where he talks about like, I am willing. Uh, so I, I jot down this thing where he's like, uh, are you willing? Are you willing? For example, you say that you say that you want part three, and like for me, I want to do this. I want to do that. Or like if I didn't get it, a lot of times we have this attitude like, yeah, it's okay. I don't have it. It will be okay. We don't have it, but the question is: When our friends are having it, will we get jealous? <laughs> jealous or not? If we are jealous about it, then we have to question ourselves: Is it something that we know that we can get it, or we we just did not put enough effort to go and get? It? We don't. But based on this uh, thing in Growridge, maybe we did not have a definite plan, and we did not have a clear uh, uh, commitment and and determination to go and complete it. So that's some, something that I think about a lot. Um, like, for example, I was thinking like, wow, Kerry is really good at designing. Uh, it haven't reached the jealousy yet like, because I feel that it's a, it's a talent that she has that I don't have. But then I think I can be half as, as good as her in designing. Uh. But the question is, I'm not willing to do it every day, you know? So uh, that is the... So if I see her doing well, I cannot like, mm, how I wish, but because I did not put in the hours, you know, so that's something that mm, I learned from this is like you've got organized plan and then you have to be determined and you cannot see defeat. Nah. You have to, you have to you look at Carrie's first two designs. It's, you have to go through that first two designs, you know. <laughs> I said first two, then the rest is suddenly nice already. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Any any thoughts here uh, from this? Uh, I think uh, I think failure is really a part of the process la, to get to what you want la. I remember when I uh two thousand eighteen when I was like mm. applying for job. I think I think that's my first experience of like going for interview after interviews la. But what year. was it like? What was it like for you in China, like getting jobs? Is it like a very smooth transition? Like someone recommend uh, you, then you get it, it? yeah, it was very smooth, uh, like very referral. <laughs> like okay, oh. oh, we've got someone who can teach English. Okay, yeah, and especially because I'm from other country, can so like they 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 pay the pay also very good, like actually. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It was easier than here. Here, like, you have to go after interview and after interview, and then you have to prove yourself, and then and then like, and then at home, the the waiting is very, very, very what lah, very torturing lah. <laughs> yeah. I I I I don't. I hope that I don't. Okay, I'm gonna spoil it lah. Like for undercover billionaire, right? Grand card. I think he he. He wants to get a job, right? But what he did was he went to the company and it's like, um, like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to propose to you a few ideas. Are you willing to spend 5K? And then we'll bring in, I'll bring in 15K sales, uh, 5,000. Then we'll aim this weekend, we're going to make 15,000. And you know what? When he did it, right? Of course, he didn't hit the target. Like it was around 10, 11, to 12,000, uh, but he's, he also spent less than 5,000, but he didn't get any pay. He was doing it for free. 
and then in return, right, proven himself. Then he was asking the boss, uh, how much do you pay your yourselves here? Is this fifteen percent? Then he said, okay, uh, how have you been performing? Uh, three hundred, uh, hundred thousand, hundred thousand per month, and then it's like, how much are you supposed to aim? Uh, it's just three to five million this year. So he starts counting, counting. And then he just like, so it's fifteen thousand. Then, uh, you will pay me fifteen thousand for, uh, let's say if I hit a normal target lah, like a month. Then he just like, okay, uh, can I get an advance ten k first? Wow, the the boss is like, wow, this is the first I never done this before. This is uh, this is crazy. Like just okay, I'm gonna give you ten k immediately. But it was because the the manager says that he has proven himself earlier. So I was mm. thinking about a lot about like you're willing to do it for free. I think it's in in this book also like if if you are really really good, right? Uh, you should do it for free. So I'm looking at all these short street company, right? Perhaps I should be like, I want I hope to get this position, but in I'm I'm so confident in myself, I'm going to do it for free, and then you decide whether. Uh, so do, do I worth worth the damn? Uh, uh, you must worth the damn. Uh, it's actually quite uh, interesting, quite mind-opening also, because here in the book, there's one line here where it says, forget about a job, in quotation marks, forget whether or not there's an opening, forget the usual routine of, in quotation marks, have you got a job for me? Instead, concentrate on what you can give. And in my mind, I was trying to imagine uh, if, let's say, I walk up to my boss room and say, boss, what can I do for you? Uh? Like, or what can I help to bring this company to another level? Or what value am I bringing? Uh? That's a very, very unusual thing to do uh, because the boss, uh, the, the natural conventional way uh, of, of doing is they, you know, they give orders, tell you what to do and all. But in this book, it does talk about in business and how the world is changing uh, that employers would have to work in the future like, they have to be working partners, as partners uh, with the employees mm. uh, rather than ordering orders so it's interesting like, that you know when that undercover billionaire Grand Cardone doing that I think it is something that really you have to come out of the com- your comfort zone and be confident in what you are able to offer in those principles or skills uh, or even the idea like, you, the like, question uh, is the question is, will you do that to your boss? Uh? Because I, you asked a very in, important question. Uh. I will ask this to Kerry also. Like, will you go to your boss on Monday? Boss, what can I do for you? I don't think I will do that. Because like to me, there's too many red tapes. But I will do that to a new boss. Like a new job. <laughs> uh, I think for me, if but, I were to be confident and I know what I want, uh, I think there can come a time where I would be willing to do that in a certain contexts uh. but if my you're asking my current one now maybe not because yeah, I'm yeah. not confident in what I can give oh, and also for 9 years I think they're very familiar with your work already yeah. uh, would it be? perhaps uh, at least but, I think after they... all these years uh, the my boss knows everyone's strengths and weakness uh, because I think when I started off he was like exploring he tried to put me in this position where you know, I'm doing either design and then he put me in another position where it's like speaking with clients, another position where you're project managing. And then I think over the years, I he can sort of identify what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses, and he can put me in the right place that brings the best value to the company. Because over the years, uh, you can somewhat, uh, it's unspoken, uh, but you can sort of identify, oh, this person actually seems to get more on design uh, projects. This person seems to get more on project management. This person seems to be more on meeting clients. So everyone has their own tasks. Uh, and the way my boss formulated the working system is that each project, there'll be two or three of us working on it together. So each person in their best position, uh, we get the job done faster, efficiently, and everyone uh, is in their their best spot to be. Uh, but the danger of this <laughs> is that because of the uh, nature of work for me per se, uh, I need to... Uh, go beyond what I'm actually doing. Uh. Because all these years, I've been placed in a position with what I'm comfortable with. Uh. If I am not initiative enough, I'll be within my comfort zone and I don't get into other areas which are needed also for, for example, my part three uh, or to be an established professional architect. Uh. So there's an advantage and also a disadvantage. Uh. Whether the advantage is to my boss or me or vice versa. Uh, because 
to him, it is a win. Ma. It's like, oh, business is going well, getting projects done, everybody, you know, it's a smooth oiled machine. Ma. But for me, it's more of like, okay, I'm in this position and I'm only focused mostly on this area, but I'm unable to venture into other parts uh, unless yeah. I am initiative, la, where I tell the boss where uh, I would like to explore in this area, this area, and this is something that I can bring to the company as well. La. Oh, you haven't you haven't asked him for, but is there areas that you're very interested, like I want to look into? Eventually, I'll okay. hope to. And uh, in preparation for my exam, I did uh, request my boss, like, can I handle this part of the project? Can I handle this? And the boss, they did uh, relent to that idea. La. Likewise, I, I, also. I got a question uh, for you, Vincent. Uh. Um, will it scare you uh, that on year 15 or year 20, you're still with the same company, still doing the same thing? Okay. And then it's <laughs> nine <laughs> Because my target like, and aim is uh, <laughs> this year, whether I pass or fail my exam, I'll be resigning. Next year will be my 10th year already. Ma. And whether... <laughs> I don't think they'll listen. I mean, they'll eventually know by then. La. But uh, you, you it is my intention. You cannot tell that we have a podcast. Uh. <laughs> oh, it doesn't affect. Yeah. It doesn't affect. It doesn't affect because yeah. it's not working there. But I have uh, my own plans, uh, whether it be forming my own uh, company or to be doing something related to architecture. But I think the, my company, I'm really grateful uh, because it is an accumulation of the experience and skill sets uh, that uh, have enabled me to be better. At least if I were to compare from day one, obviously I've learned much more. Uh, and I am continuously learning uh, because it, it really is for a lifetime to learn. So, uh, all this. so like uh, rain or shine, Die, die after the end of this year, you're going to just tender in and say goodbye. <laughs> it will be after taking the exam, uh, so most probably next year around this time, uh, January, February. Uh. You, you wouldn't like be the like on the last day you throw your middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think the like even if we see this chapter uh, towards the end where it talks about leadership also and it talks about <laughs> how you go about with uh, jobs and all that, uh, I think to be on. On the good terms where you know the people give recommendation letters and that sort of thought, yeah, I think yes. the camaraderie that I have with the boss at this at this level already like, after nine years uh, it's I can I wouldn't say that we are on equal footing, but at least the boss is willing to to work around to bring out the very best of everyone, uh, including me. Like. So I think uh it it can it will still be able to end on a good note. Like. And I don't I don't want to think too highly of myself but I, I have a I have confidence uh, that the boss uh, has has put a good value on me uh, that I can be an asset to the company uh. Mm. Uh, I, I, I'm asking this because uh, me and Carrie we are still less than five years in this current current thing that we're doing but I, I did ask myself like uh, when I was a youth leader can I do it for 10 years right uh, that's something that I think about you know like I don't know, do you guys feel it like, uh, it, it talks about determination here, right? the organized planning, but I think deep inside we do think about like, wow, young people keep on growing up. There's like, like it's like a, it's a, li a little bit like being a teacher, you know, the new batch coming in and coming mm -hmm. in and then you're getting older and then you send some of the people who left from, uh, who finished from five, then they go off to study, you're like starting over studying. So I'm asking myself, wow, I can do that for seven years, but on the eight year, it has to, it cannot be the same it cannot be the same thing. It has to be like a, I have to function in a different level. I, I can be doing the same thing, but it has to be different. It has to be expansion. So that's something that I think about. So like today we talk about this organized planning, right? Um, the question is still, uh, talk about failing and all that. So it's like where we are in right now, right? Um, because me and Kerry, I, I, I was wondering, is this something that you see yourself doing for the, for how long? Like the same thing that you're doing now, do you? Uh, I, I, I don't see myself doing for a long time lah. Like maybe, I was thinking like if I were to start a company, right? Like oh, yeah. later, sorry, sorry, sorry. You, you make sure your company is not listening to this Ah. <laughs> oh. Ah, uh, okay. But I told them before, I like, I wanted to like, do branding like in the future, lah, something like that.
Okay. Press is too sensitive. I I cannot go that. Like, like go I would. Yeah. I think I would need to. Yeah, that's uh, a bit bad. Yeah, I think it's she is a little bit hang, but it's okay. Uh, we'll get back later. All right, we're still talking about failure. Uh, a quitter never wins, and a winner never quits. You, do you plan to put out the sentence? If I I can share screen, I don't know. I changed it to my wallpaper already. Oh, sentence. okay. All right, carry back, carry back, carry back, carry back. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, uh, where was I? Um, okay, so a uh, uh, short short answer would be like won't be too long lah in this company. I see myself maybe three years, three or four years. But even in the three years, like it's not like I want to keep doing what I'm doing now because I got a feeling like for me, I I can imagine myself if I stay on two three years, it will be similar. Or the same kind of nature of work. There, there will not be more things that will I will get to explore. But even if it's exploring, it will not be something that I find it as value adding for me personally. So sorry, carry three years. Mm. Three years, then you move on to something else. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 we were talking just now, and uh, like this quote: "A quitter never wins, and a winner never quits." Uh. Do you guys intend to stick stick it on your wall? You know, it's just that lift this lift this sentence up, uh, and write it on a piece of paper, in chai, and then place it. You will see every night before you go to sleep. Uh, I'm glad that we have this mastermind. Uh, that I I see this as a mastermind, uh, disguising as podcast. You know, but this is a mastermind. <laughs> um, so that's something that. How about how about leadership? All three of us, I think, we played a very significant role. We were we were privileged enough that, even though we in our jobs we follow instructions, but we we were given leadership roles. Yeah, I think we were given like very a lot, very big autonomy. Yeah, time. yeah, in <laughs> in the twenties where you get to run, and people and trust young people to you. What was what do you think about this eleven points of leadership? What, What's your thought on it? I can see some, I, I think quite a few, I, okay, I'm thinking about the, the when I was a youth leader, right? I think I did do well for some points, uh, but a lot of points I didn't do very well. For example, I would say that I have the habit of doing more than what I paid for. Uh, that really ends up paying, paying well for me. You know, it's just that one of the penalties of leadership is the necessity of willingness upon the part of the leader to do more than he requires of his followers. I think especially the first few years, uh, first few years, uh, it became a little bit easy on the year three, year four, year five, but the first two, first, first three years, you really have to be with them. You have to sleep with them. You know, like they Just sleep at what time you have to sleep at what time you have to wake up together with them. And then you also have to preach. You still have to, do a lot of all this so so you have to get dirty with them you know like all this uh, especially i think in the band that time i have to stay there i haven't finished my sermon then by three o'clock i have to pray together with them and then worship practice is very long i have to sit through and then scrutinize through the worship uh, practice and then after that by seven we got cell group so by seven thirty by seven so i have to rush to is it tyson uh, tyson back then they still uh quickly eat then so I think the first, it, it was tiring, very tiring. Uh, in fact, I think I got, it was, I, I ended up in the hospital for one week uh, because of partly it was overwork. Uh. So that's something that I think I, I do very well. I, I'm not very well in lack of self, uh, I, I, I'm not very well in self-control. I think I do have a keen sense of justice uh, for my own team, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about other people's justice, but I, I think I, I'll fight hard for the people of my team. Uh, back then, I think we do have a definite plan and decision. We're very clear what we want, uh, but not very, not a good mastery of details uh, and not very good at cooperating outside of the team. That's something that I realized. That's something that, uh, no. But if I look at my life now, 
I'm thinking about my work. Uh, uh, cooperation wouldn't be a problem, but I don't have the habit of doing more than what I'm paid for. <laughs> I'm paid for sure. <laughs> uh, I realized, I realized. Yeah, same off. I like I compare to what how I work now and like like when working in church, like I feel like I put in more hours during the church. Yeah. It's fun, you know. It was fun. Yeah. I was tiring, yeah. but it was fun. But it was sweet. Yeah. I think it's probably tied to the desire of each of us. Uh, that that is something that it is emotionally tied with. Uh. That's why there's uh, the capacity of doing more than paid for lah. Uh. Like two of you were paid for it lah. Uh. I worked a part-time job for four years with no pay. Uh. And I have to ask myself, uh, wow, what would drive someone to do that? Uh? Like, why would you work for four years for a job that, that's not paid you? Yeah. Uh? Yeah. And on top of it, you're doing more than what is asked for. Uh? I, people think it would be crazy. Uh? I think there's a dirt in it also uh, for, for your side because like when you're doing it, I think the job is fun, but the dealing with unnecessary nonsense I think that was something that is is really overwhelming you know? on top of like counselling the young people and all that but you have to deal with like third party who don't understand what's going on but they exert their own ideas uh, <laughs> yeah. I just consider it an investment in the kingdom of heaven <laughs> but yeah. I look back also for myself also I think I agree with all of you also that in church the attributes of leadership uh maybe portrayed differently like, in my current job. Like. There will mm. be some parts where it overlays also is consistent. Like the habit of doing more than paid for. Uh, um, to a certain degree, uh, there will be moments where I do do more than what is ex- asked for. But naturally, uh, mm. given a task, I would just finish on the dot. That is my task. <laughs> I won't mm. go the extra mile. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I think can pick up as well. Like you mentioned earlier, like Kelvin, there some areas mm. of my life that it may not have been done fully, but uh, can be improved upon. Uh. I was thinking about like the unwavering courage. I think I, I struggle with that. Uh, and partly it's because I, I cave in to pressure. You know, my colleagues who have been longer than me in the in the office, says, don't bother, la, don't do this, la, no point. But I, I remember there was one time where he just said, "Don't need to say this, uh, because the 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 things the the things that the uh, headquarters uh, we call HQ in care, they sent over. There's something wrong with it, and I, I think it's an issue because we we need to push out good qualities. My mm. colleague is uh, I do work with some. There, I think you guys have people who are very negative, you know, very pessimistic about life. I don't think it's uh it's always the end of the world. The company is bad. They don't treat you well. So I'm." So, but I respect the person a lot because he has a lot of wisdom. So, but there was one time that I decided, you know, uh, it cannot be. Uh, so I, I decided to push for it. He said, don't need, uh, you don't do that. So I, I decided to have the courage to do it. Uh, like what I said when I was a youth leader, you know, like make the tough decision. I don't do that a lot, uh, especially when I did that, right? Then I actually solved a problem for the whole comp- uh, for the company in terms of the marketing. Then that that pessimistic colleague of mine says, "Hmm, actually, my soul died already. Uh, I don't really feel like I want to contribute much. Uh, you still believe that this company can go somewhere, uh, Good for you. So, so there's a shift in that, you know. But this doesn't happen every day. I'm not the hero. Like this is not every day. This was, this was just one incident. But a lot of times, I think I struggle with courage. Uh, with speaking up, you know, like." Uh, with with exercising the tough decision. Of course, I don't think that's something that I learned from being a Sabahan, right? We, we, we learn to not really conform, but to play safe. And mm. play safe and indecision is not a bad thing. But I got my, my issue with, uh, okay, those of you who are listening from Sabah, I'm sorry. Uh, this is just my personal view. Uh, we were taught to not rock the boat, you know, uh, don't challenge uh, the authority. And, and of course, there's, there's truth in that. Don't, don't, sometimes it is better to, to have a, yeah, point seven, a, a pleasing personality uh, to, mm. to work with people and all those things. So, but my, my, my feeling of Saba is, yes, I was telling my parents, like, 
in Sabah, right, when it comes to Bursi rally last time, not just my parents, but a lot or most of the parents says, uh, don't go out, uh, don't go out, it's too dangerous. <laughs> yeah. let, let, it's the, 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 the climate is very different. It's, it, I'm, not, I'm not saying, okay, this podcast is not teaching us to be patriotic for Malaysia or for a certain party, but uh, if, you, if you have a voice, you stand up, you speak up, uh, of course, in if for, for what happened to me and my wife recently with the hospital, I look back, I would prefer to not speak up, you know, because uh, sometimes uh, organization as big as the hospital, they are very powerful. They can really mess up your life. Uh, so I want to say that it, it's not always a wise decision to speak up, but I'm saying from as a Sabahan, from Sabah East Malaysia, generally we tend to be more, uh, we, we don't want to have that courage, I will say. Usually, usually that's something, and we pay a, a a big price for that. You know. Mm. Uh, do you guys agree? Or? Agree lah. Yeah, like even sometimes, like at office, like sometimes, like I know, like yeah, this, uh, something's not right with this with this project. Like uh, we should have like proper way of handling it, like a timeline. Mm. But then, but then, like. I was like seeing how mm, it was mm, like oh everyone's like okay so like sometimes I don't know whether to put in my suggestion or not. Yeah. I, I think right if you do that right sometimes bosses don't like it because you are Vincent say one reinventing the wheel it's like they're putting the system in uh, people are like it's so good and then that's that's something that when the pandemic happens right we realize that a lot of problems shows up it's not that people are not. Uh, people don't know there's a problem, but they, they get by really well. For example, a lot of accounting uh, uh, departments, right? They could have put everything digitally, you know, they can put everything in the cloud, but they still prefer to do files and papers. And it's very, very counterproductive, but it's been like that for a whole time. Uh. So that's why during pandemic time, uh, a lot of, not just my company, but many of the companies, the accounting department cannot work from home. They need to work in the office because all of our, oh. their documents are there. So a lot of all this is, yeah. That's, that's my observation like, uh, and, and discussion with, with other people. They, they, there's a lot of things that, including church, you know, church can always do virtually, but then people don't want to adapt because it is very difficult the, the, at, at the start, you know. Um, so, somewhat of a line or quote from this movie. I don't know if you guys watched it before. It's called Law Abiding Citizen. No, no. Featuring no. Gerard Butler and Jamie Foxx, I think. Then mm. there's one line where Jamie Foxx is a lawyer and he wants to, like, uh, you know, very idealistic, very optimistic on changing, uh, you know, the law field and all. So, he, he talks with this guy and he talks about, and he responds to him. You, you try and try so much to having these ideas and dreams of wanting to change the system, but eventually when you are into the system, the system changes you. Mm, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That these true, people are true. very resistant to change and adaptation. Uh, and in the end, it's only those few people who have that strong desire enough. Uh, and like what we've learned from these few chapters, from fueling that to auto-suggestion, to imagination, to planning and all that, that makes all the difference. Uh, like I think about in our context where all of us, we talk about noticing certain things and we want to voice it out and uh, you know saying that this is actually you know have the courage uh, to actually say say up something and I think most of the times they would be uh, uh, what you call it uh, setback or there'll be uh, resistance from people who res resist those changes uh, or don't want to get out of the comfort zone of a certain system because it's comfortable uh, and people don't like certain ways I don't like those sort of changes to happen because like what well, probably not like this lack of courage or people just mm. want to be in their comfort zone uh, and mm -hmm. it's only because of these few people who are daring to change or willing to to you know fail over and over again and go through all that resistance uh, that makes all the difference at the end of the day uh, that you have these disruptions in from technology to systems to structure to political to society to economical, uh, that these are the few that are history makers. Uh, yeah. Mm. I was st still talking about leadership. Kerry, you got anything to add? 
um, this book also talks about like leadership. Uh, it says like, uh, on what areas we need leadership, like in politics, in like economy, service, and stuff like that. I think that uh, the need for a uh, like great leader is 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 big lah. Yeah. I think I think right like leaders get paid more, you know, in, in a job place. I guess leaders are managers. You may not do a lot of uh skilled tasks, but I think yeah. most people like they like those who are not personal their personality maybe not very leadership gun. Like they will mm. I think majority people think that they are follower, lah, like naturally. Gun. I, I think I think to be honest, all three of us to portray more of the leaning a little bit towards the following side. I think if based on our personality, based on our personality, we are towards, but then uh, I don't know why we took up leadership, bro. Uh, maybe the joy of it or the, the, the desperate times, you know, that you call to it. But in workplace, I realized that if you take leadership, bro, uh, your reward is greater. Of course, the responsibility is greater. Uh, you don't need to do a lot of all these um, very technical things because you will get people to do the, the who to do the technical things. But I think who not how basically is teaching us to become a leader, you know. You spot talent, you get them to work together with you. Uh, so I think leader is something that's very, leadership is something that's very important. I'm thinking, I'm not just thinking about this conversation, I'm thinking about my own life, you know, like, how do I become a leader in my role? Uh, is it like exert authority, which the game, that's how the corporate world plays or like to really be the leader without a title, you know? I think that's the better way to do it. Uh. Of course, it takes longer time to get the reward sometimes. Uh, here it's just that leadership by consent of the followers is the only brand which can endure. Men may follow the forced leadership temporary but they will not do so willingly. I think that's something that I think about a lot because like 2009, when I go back to KK to help out in the youth, I was basically like an intern, you know, I get, I'm getting like uh, 500 ringgit a month. Basically, I'm doing those kind of, uh, I don't know, like a helper, church helper job, but the people look up to me as a leader, uh, probably because of my age. I think that in some ways I do showcase a certain set of leadership skills in front of the young people and I think that that really helps you know that piece to my favor because they don't follow me because I got a title but they follow me because uh, it is by consent uh, they decided or they are persuaded you know uh, that's something that I think about so uh, this is the no, Napoleon Hill calls it the new brand of leadership you know that it's an old brand now because <laughs> it's written so many years ago uh, do you guys agree with that? Do you guys prefer by title or by consent? By title, definitely you earn more. Straight <laughs> away have the title. Uh. Uh, by consent, sure, you need to put in the hours. La. It takes yeah. time, effort. If by title, like immediately. <laughs> by title, the title is an advantage. I think John Maxwell says that you start with the title, it's like that's the lowest form of leadership, but then it gets you somewhere. You have that title. People yeah. recognize me, but, but time will tell. Uh. But you still need to win people's heart. Mm. Yeah. And with the social media world, I think title plays a very big part. A lot of people rather play that title game. It's like, I don't care what what you guys think. I'm going to spend a very short time with you. So give me a big title first, you know. Uh, let me, let me, uh, I don't care about the content. Uh, let me create a big boom first, right? Like I'm I'm the hottest stuff, you know, in social media or like even in Korea, a lot of them, they aim for big titles because uh, once people discover them, right, that they are a, a fraud, right? They already jump to the next next company already. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think that in company, like, it's very hard to find, like most of the time in company, boss will always be boss. La. Like very less likely is like a leadership, like kind of, like this kind of leadership qualities kind of boss. <laughs> I think it's very rare, la, especially in Sabah, like Kelvin explained earlier, because of the culture of Sabahans. 
but I'm not too sure about West Malaysian counterparts uh, because I visited some of uh, your offices before mm-hmm. and Kelvin has shown some photos. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the the mindset is very different uh, that you have uh, uh, it could be rare also or more commonplace in West Malaysia but at least the idea is that you know it's not so much oh I'm the boss the leader and like do what I tell you but it's more of really that partnership idea lah, where the boss or the himself recognizes that he's in the leadership position and he brings that value or he becomes a hero to his employees as well lah, where he trains them and in our terms we call it like discipling lah, but to them he mentors or he really uh, even leadership from, uh, even from day one when they come in uh, because you have been with us for this duration of time you are becoming a better person uh, which sometimes or I think most of the time in Sabah lacks that a lot uh. I have not seen I've still yet to see any company in Sabah that presents such culture uh. I can say that the present company that you see is also rare uh, <laughs> generally uh, where the, the previous company that I'm in, that I'm in uh, when one of the colleagues decided to improve his communication, so he picked up Toastmaster, uh, because he's a Chinese speaking, uh, he's a Chinese ad, uh, Chinese ad, so he doesn't speak good English, so he decided to improve his language, so the boss decided to, from his own pocket, to pay for his Toastmaster. Wow. You know? uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, but it's not a lot, it's 200 bucks for six months, but to me, that gesture is, it shows that the, the boss believes in your development, in mm. your language, can also improve myself. Uh, even though you are you are you are getting yourself more involved with that and joining the competition. So I, I, I really like that, you know. Um, but that is rare. Uh, mm. that 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 kind of culture. So yeah, we, we will we will the last item we will talk about before we wrap up are the ten major causes of failure in leadership. What do you guys think? There's, uh, there's 10 of them. Number uh, one is a sure formula, inability to organize details. To some extent, I do it, but it's only to that extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't do it consistently enough. Uh, that I feel that is something uh, that... Uh, I mean, in architecture, we have this term uh, uh, quoted by... Uh, yeah. I've forgotten what I studied. It's either Le Corbusier or Frank Lloyd Wright, a famous architect. Uh. He said mm. this quote, uh, God is in the details. Uh. <laughs> oh, uh, no, I, I heard someone... Heard it before, that, right? they, they, say, they say that the devil is in the detail. Oh, the devil? This guy turned it around saying God is in the uh, details. Uh. Devil is in the detail where it is very tedious, but you have to go through the details. Uh. Oh. Of course, uh, like they're talking about interior design uh, where you, you really have to scrutinize the little things like the wall, the arrangement. Of this the one item. in architecture, it was more of expression in form. Uh, where you see creation, oh, okay. right? You look at uh, plants or animals or uh, ourselves. Uh, it's so oh. detailed uh, in creation. So likewise, architecture, you have to know the details. Uh. That's interesting. That's yeah. interesting. Uh, do you guys think it is like detail-oriented people? Uh, they're very... De- uh, very detailed and micromanager is very different, right? It's two different things, right? I think like easily like to micromanage, right? If you're a very detailed person. Do, do you think like, uh, like, from what Kerry is sharing, like, do you think micromanage is more of like, you try to detail other people, like, like you're, you're trying to push for detail in other people, you're scrutinizing other people in terms of their detail instead of uh, organizing detail means that you know your stuff, you know it from in and out of your own, I think your the, own areas. Uh. I think like if tying it together, because in the list of those 10 major failures in leadership described by Napoleon Hill, I think number four where it says uh, the expectation of pay for what they know, in quotation mark, instead of what they do with what mm. that which they know. So meaning to say like if like details are I think it's more of like like you mentioned on organized details where I, I know the details, but it's not to the point where I'm micromanaging people, uh, but to the point of how as a leader, how I holistically bring everyone together to in whatever direction as a leader I'm bringing them to. So with what I know, how do I uh, manage the people uh, with the knowledge of the details that I have? Uh, like if um I give for example, uh, like if 
in my workplace where I'm doing a project and I need to know the details, for example, a building, I need to know uh, the, the doors that I'm using, the windows, the dimensions and the square mm. footage, all these sort of details. Uh. Uh, so I, I, I know these details and uh, I need to organize them. So, you know, I structure them like door, window, wall, ceiling or something like that, for example. And then with people who are under me that are working with me, uh, how do I how do I uh, organize or manage them uh, with that knowledge? Uh? So when I, through my delegation, if I give them all this and I expect them to, to fulfill certain drawings, let's say like, for certain details. So it won't be so much of like, uh, let's say I give this uh, stuff to do the door details and it won't be so much where I keep on going to them or, you know, your door is, shouldn't be like that. It should be this. Uh, one meter instead of 900 or like keep on scrutinizing and micromanaging like keep on going back to him and say hey uh, when is it done and these seem to be quite valid like you need to inspect what you expect also but at the same time I give him the room to make sure that uh, hmm. I give him the time frame of, like okay from I'm giving you a Monday by Friday uh, this is what uh, I want uh, I give him what I'm expecting okay. and I give him the free reign to make sure that it's done uh, and I I have come to a place where I think, I don't know if this is valid or not or it relates, uh, but there's trust. Ma. If I were to compare with 10 other staff in the office, right, uh, I would pick him above the rest because I trust him with the work that I'm giving. Ma. So mm. when he talks about the details or organizing details or doing with what I know and all this, uh, it is because the establishment of trust that I wouldn't need to micromanage, uh, uh, that the details given, uh, it is enough for for him to work with and for me to be in the know. Lah. I don't know if that makes sense. Lah. Yeah, makes sense. I, I was to build up what you say, like the details and then how you expect them to do. Uh, from this book, I, I was reminded of this thing uh, where the successful people are the ones who can manage and motivate people to do what they want them to do. Mm. So it's that the, the Successful people are usually not the ones who is very good at doing things, but they are able to get people to do what they need them to do. And it takes a lot of motivation, you know. For example, Cherry mentioned about this agency. I think the to get a creative or a creative art or a creative idea is just a half battle one, you know. Or to <clears throat> to lend a client is the half battle one, you know. Let's say she gets a fifty thousand ringgit project in. But how does it more? How does she motivate her colleagues, or her partners, or her her, uh, her team to get it done without even her doing it? But she can mm. get people. So I, I that's what I like about our church. You know, it's like we got a bunch of people who are volunteering together. How do we get everyone to work together? Like I don't need you guys to motivate me to preach. You know, I need to preach. I need to do that. And then if I can preach well, you guys have done a good job in motivating me. And for me, it's like. How do I motivate everyone to do other tasks like the worship and all those things? I think it can apply to our 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 own and uh, our own startup business and all that. Like including this podcast, like how do we create a synergy where everyone gets things done uh, and gets motivated? So I think that that is a very important thing in leadership. Uh, I got one out of the ten points. One of the things that stand out to me that I'm surprised that Napoleon, despite reading this book through, right. I revisit again and read, I think this is the the time the time that I read this book. Um, this idea of disloyalty, uh, I realized that that's something that wow, Napoleon, you put it there. Like loyalty is so important, you know. And I and uh, and I want to say this in this podcast where I realized that I value a lot on loyalty. I'm not I'm I'm not subscribing to blind blind leadership where people follow a leader blind, blindly, but more of like. You, you are loyal to one another. You are not trying to take advantage of people. Me befriending Carrie, you're befriending Vincent only so that there's a motive behind. So that's something that I, I realized that throughout the years, I'm very, very uh, particular about like, my friends and then I, I want them to be loyal to me. But then at the same time, I want to be loyal to them. I think that, that makes a team great, you know. You've got people who are very loyal. Uh, so that's something that uh, uh, it says that perhaps this disloyalty, perhaps this should come as at the head of the list. You, you see, the leader who is not loyal of it to his trust and to his associate, those above him, is it not? 
and those below him cannot long maintain his leadership. So I think that leadership is, uh, loyalty is very important, not just going below, but going up as well. So that's something that I really, really value and that's something that I need to remind myself among all these 10 things. Loyalty is very important. Uh, for me, the way that I interpret is my friends or my, my, my team or my leaders cannot sense there's a, a self-interest within uh, but rather I am for the we than for the me. Uh. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Uh, because I feel that it will, it will work towards your it will, it will work to your advantage when you focus on the we because if you focus on the we right and then for example if I'm I'm focused so much on building the we Vincent knows it and then Vincent will match it to me oh because uh Kelvin has been fighting for this 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 we so I'll make sure that he will get he he will get fairly compensated so that he will continue to stay in this team as well you know so that's something that i think about thoughts i'll say first uh, one one example uh i don't know if it's related or not like i think about my uh my boss when you know when one of us makes a mistake rather than him pointing out like oh you are at fault you know don't do this again blah 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 etc mm -hmm. but he he fights for his employees uh, to the point where mm -hmm. even if it's our fault it may seem like the other party's fault uh. that is something he's really good at uh. but I think mm -hmm. in terms of like loyalty like you say above and below I think many a times we think about being loyal to those above but we forget about being loyal to those uh, below or under below, and I, think, yeah. mm -hmm. I think that's a good good uh way of seeing that what my boss did uh, where he fights for his employees in that sense uh to the point where it seems like the fault is on the other party instead uh. mm, that's very smart uh, yeah Terry, anything you can share from the uh the down it calls the leadership uh major cause of failure in leadership major cause of failure yeah like I said, oh that one is behind right yeah, uh, yep, that's after the attributes of major attributes of leadership. We will we'll focus on this year, and after that, I think that should be enough for today. We've covered a lot of topics today. So, Kerry, you're right. Really uh, for, me, uh, for me, it would be, uh, I think, procrastination, no? and mm, also oh, yeah, that's lack, a big killer. Lack, of, lack of ambition. La. Yeah, because I think that my personality, like naturally, like uh, I think I said before, like uh, very easy to be comfortable with where I am. But I think that uh, this 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 is uh not good lah, cause like you don't have a vision of like growing yourself or growing the team, and that's 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 I think for me that is the major failure, uh, for me lah, yeah. As, as a leader, is it? Yeah, yeah. Major cause of a leader. Oh, yeah. For, as a leader or also for a success. Lah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. it, it's very good. It, it's, this is, uh, I think procrastination is definitely a big problem of mine. Uh, which is, which point is that? Procrastination. It's uh, point number is, 11. This one, yeah. <laughs> point number no, um, for me, it's not 11. Oh, it's, it's, not, it's, not eight, it's an extra yeah. point. <laughs> oh. Wait, which one? Which one? Oh, then, no, this one is not. This is... Uh, yeah, it's behind. It's after QQ QQS Oh, rate. it's after QQS rating. Uh. Oh, yeah. that one. That one. Yeah, I haven't read that oh, That's the... Oh, the 30, 30 major causes of failure. And why it's holding you back. Yeah, yeah, I think that one is... We'll talk more about it on the next episode. Uh, procrastination number eight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is our, our obviously dear listeners, you can tell that even uh, uh such a thick chapter we only cover the surface, but we have gained so much. I hope that you you gain too. Uh all three of us are in our thirties and we have not given up on our dreams because they say that winners never quit and winners never win. And we yep. try to apply that. So, um, hope you guys are blessed. This is a Sunday while we're recording this. So, those of you who are going church, happy Sunday. Uh, or watching church online, happy Sunday. Uh, so, this is 
30 going on 40 we uh we growing we grow old fa- uh, grow old better and get wise faster thank you for listening goodbye